This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joyful, joyful. You're in the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and sexuality for our community. And you're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9 every Thursday night between 8 and 9. And tonight you have Rachel back in the studio. It's good to be back. And we've got Claudine and Mark. Hi, guys. Hi, welcome back. Thank you, and Happy New Year and all of that. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Uh, So... Tonight, we have some exciting things to talk about. We're doing a special uh, little segment on Pride Shabbat. So if you have any questions for us, don't forget, send us an SMS on 0427-JOY949 or you can email on air at joy.org.au or if you've got the app and you're listening via the app, you can just press contact us and it'll do it all for you. So, of course, we're going to start with our holy day of the week and uh, we don't have our theme music so here I am doing the theme and I'm actually going to do the song are you ready for a miracle okay that's all I've got of that song so surprise just when you think Christmas is over we're bringing you this week's holy day and it's epiphany Uh, so we've all heard of an epiphany Um, and according to our dear friend the dictionary epiphany is first and foremost a Christian festival observed on January the 6th commemorating the manifestation of Christ blah 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 and so on it is also a sudden intuitive perception of or insight into the reality or essential meaning of something usually initiated by some simple homely or commonplace occurrence or experience uh yeah but we're on the spirit lounge so we'll be focusing on meaning one uh which is also known as the feast of the epiphany and dios des los reyes which is three kings day uh, so this day, it commemorates the three wise men's visit to Jesus after his birth. And obviously, I mentioned it's on uh, January the 6th, so that was yesterday. Uh, so believe it or not, Epiphany is actually the 12th day of Christmas. So this came as a surprise to me. Uh, I was almost certain that the 12 days were the 12 leading up to the day that Jesus Guess was born. who wasn't listening to our Christmas double feature. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you had an I excuse. I was in Bali and we were three hours behind and I was horrendously ill pretty much the whole time. So, no, I wasn't listening and I do apologise. I was not a faithful listener. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, obviously with all the Christmas carols and Advent calendars always leading up until Christmas Day, I just presumed that they were the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, but they, it actually starts on Christmas Eve and goes until the 6th. Uh, so I have some fun facts about Epiphany. Um, so the three wise men had names. 
which I was not aware of. I was always just told there was three wise men and they had gold, frankincense and myrrh. Uh, yeah, but their names are Melchior, Melchior, Casper uh, and Balthazar. Now, Casper is actually yes. comes from the Hebrew word for treasurer, which is Gizba. There you go. So, he's a treasurer. He is a treasurer. Yes. He's also a king, perhaps. Yes, and he had frankincense. Because he's right. in the middle. Yes. You'd think maybe that the treasurer would have some gold. Yes, you would. It's mm. interesting. Gold came first or third? Gold, first. First, which is interesting because Belzevazar is black. Yes. Um, and in Dutch history, people who were black were seen as bringing gold. Oh, and he had myrrh. And he had myrrh. Fascinating. Uh, so the the as you mentioned, the third wise man was black because the three wise men represented Europe, Arabia, and Africa. So there you go. Balthazar was African, Caspar was from Arabia, and Melchior was from Europe. So fun facts there. And all the gold, frankincense, and myrrh represented things. So the gold represented Jesus' royal standing. The frankincense is representing the divine birth. And the myrrh is Jesus' mortality, which is interesting. And I tried to work out why, and I'm not sure um, as far as... I think myrrh was used in funeral rituals. Isn't myrrh fragrant? Yeah. So that would be literally to hide the smell. Oh, okay. That's lovely. more detail than we were asking for, but very well, well there you go. That's it's like... In old-fashioned times, and they used to hold um, bouquets at weddings because they stank. So, you know, they had myrrh at funerals because dead people smell. Anyway, back to topic. So, in Mexico, Rosca de Reyes is made, and this is the king's bread. And in other countries, they also make the king's bread, and a statue of Jesus is hidden in it. And whoever gets the slice of bread with the little baby Jesus in it has to throw a party for another holiday that's celebrated in February. So I'm not sure if that's punishment or a uh, gift to you, but you're in charge of throwing the next uh, religious party. Do you think that's where putting money in the Christmas um, pudding comes from? Totally. I think that would make sense. We could look that up. And if, if you know that, please send us a message on 0427 JOY949 or an email on air at joy.org.au. If you know the reason why they put a penny in the Christmas pudding, let us know. Um, another thing that I thought possibly also comes uh, from an old tradition around Epiphany is leaving out Santa cookies or reindeer carrots because children used to leave out hay for the Three Kings horses on the night of Epiphany. So do you think that's why we leave Santa cookies? I don't know, but I think it could work. Um, another fun fact, Orthodox churches are known for throwing a wooden cross into the water and making worshippers try to retrieve it, which becomes quite a competition for the congregation members. And if you look in today's paper, you'll see that the Greek Orthodox Church did that in Melbourne, and you'll see who the winner was. I think his name was Nick. Well done. That's very exciting. I thought that was hilarious. There were some great pictures accompanying that little fact online, and depending on which type of Orthodox Church, they throw it into different bodies of water. Uh, so if you're 
throwing it into a cold ocean in the middle of uh, winter. That's fun. Uh, so for all you caroling fans, no fear, you may feel obliged to take down your Christmas trees at this time of year, but it is still common practice to sing traditional Christmas carols all the way through Epiphany, which doesn't end until the Sunday after the January the 6th. So a carol on Spirit Lounges. And you're listening to The Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. And tonight we're going to be talking with Rabbi Kim Etlinger from Temple Beth Israel in Melbourne. Can you say hello, Kim? Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Kim. So we've got uh, Kim on tonight. We're going to talk a, a little bit about um, Pride Shabbat, uh, and then we'll talk about some other things happening in the uh, Jewish community that are interesting, perhaps, for our listeners out there tonight. So to start off with Kim... Can you tell us, what is Shabbat? Uh, Shabbat is the, I guess it's the last day of the week, of the Jewish week, which for us as Jews, it begins at sundown on Friday night, goes through to sundown on Saturday night, and that begins the Jewish Sabbath. And that's essentially when, you know, we're supposed to rest. (laughs) I'm laughing only because everybody defines rest a little bit differently. (laughs) I imagine rest is different for you, Kim. Well, I tend to work on our rest day because I'm <laughs> I lead services in the synagogue and um, and that's more of a work day for me. I I help facilitate other people's rest. How about that? Yeah. Oh, look, I'm sure it's very restful leading 200 Jews in a service. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's right. Unity equals rest. Mark. You know that exactly. So, Kim. No, it's so wonderful. It, it, it is, and so what's what is what makes Pride Shabbat different to a normal Shabbat? Well, I think with, for us, Pride Shabbat is really an opportunity to honor the the Jewish GLBTI community here in Melbourne, and that's a regular Shabbat service in in many ways. We do the regular prayer. What we're going to do this year, um, as we do doing. Every every year since 2013, we're going to honor members of the GLBTI community, and that's something we take to heart. It's very special, and we think it's necessary and worthwhile. Um, this year, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Differently, we're going to have different readings um, throughout the, the service as well, and we're going to hear um, a the story, um, a, a sermon. I don't exactly know what's going to be said. Um, it's from Margot Fink. So Margot Fink is the Pride Shabbat ambassador. So uh, do you know much about Margot's background? Why has she become an ambassador this year? Um, basically because she's, we asked her for two reasons. Um, because she's state finalist Young Australian of the Year. Um, so we asked her if she would be willing to be the 2016 Pride Shabbat ambassador. And because her family are a long-time Temple Beth Israel members, and so it, it just works beautifully. And we're very proud of her for for many reasons. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And so she'll be delivering the sermon or the drash if you're Jewish? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be Jewish to deliver the, the sermon or the drash. We've had many people who are not Jewish be involved in, our, in the service and, and deliver words of wisdom um, from our pulpit. We've invited her, and we thought it was appropriate. Usually, in, in previous years, either me, myself, or Rabbi Lazaro, my colleague, who delivered 
the sermon. Um, but this year we thought it would be beautiful to hear from Margaret. Oh, that sounds lovely. And is there anyone? Is everyone welcome at Pride Shabbat? Uh, ab- absolutely. Anybody is definitely welcome. Um, one of the things I do have to share with you, Mark, I think you're, you're, you may be aware of it, is that we do have security at all of our services, and the service will be no different. Um, so I just want people to be aware that there is security at all of our our services Friday night, Saturday, and will be no different. Yes, it's one of the unfortunate realities of the Jewish community is that we do have security at our services. But people are, as as Kim said, are very welcome to come along. And um, absolutely. And all you do is you just and walk past the security guard and say hello, and and they'll. Oh, you, yeah, and they may. Yeah, you just say hello, and you know the security guards that they they generally they don't have plain clothes generally speaking, and they may stop you and, and ask you some questions. They may ask you the contents of, of your bag. Um, and we just hope that people will be understanding and realize that this is for everybody's safety and security and not that you're concerned, concerned about it. They tend to get more concerned if people get um, defense, uh, defensive and usually people get defensive about it and that often sometimes get a little bit more difficult. But if you just say, yeah, sure, no worries. Feel free to ask um, any questions. Hi, Kim. I'm giving giving away secrets. No, that's all right. Um, I'm Rachel. I don't know if I introduced myself earlier to you, uh, but I was just wondering, as someone who hasn't come from a Jewish background, what could I expect at a Pride Shabbat service? Well, let's let's take it from the beginning. So when you when you walk in, we will have readers who will welcome you. They will hand you a, a prayer book. Unfortunately, that's quite heavy. Um, and the prayer book will open from right to left, as opposed to a regular English book, left to right, because Hebrew is read from right to left. The book is um, is is actually read in three ways because you've got the Hebrew text, and then it's in transliteration, so you can actually read the Hebrew with English characters. Oh, yeah. In translation. So it's pretty much um, all, it's accessible to everybody. The service will be done in with some English, some Hebrew, and there will be all the Sabbath prayers. There will be a lot of singing um, throughout the service, um, and some in some English reading. At the beginning of the service, we will light the Sabbath candles, and that will be an honor given to a family. And as I had mentioned to Mark earlier, what's special about this service is that we'll invite some members who have been very supportive, uh, not necessarily members of our synagogue, but just members in, in general, general who have been very supportive of the, the GLBTQI community, and we would like to honor them, so we will invite them a special reading throughout the, the service. Nice. And this is a, um, a, a sermon that will be given by Margot during the, the evening. And, that, and that's essentially what takes place. And the, and the service will probably go for about 15 minutes to an hour. After the service, then we will do what we call Kiddush and Motsi, but we bless the, the wine and grape juice and the, the bread. And that's that's what you will find in the service. Lots of singing, 
um, we hope that people feel that it's a very warm and welcoming evening. Awesome. We usually tell us it is, not just for the creature, but in general. That's good to know. Well, we're, we're going to... Con- and, and, of course, men, men and women can sit together in our synagogues, and some synagogues can be more orthodox. Men and women are segregated. We do ask that uh, men do cover their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, that is our custom. And women are welcome to do that, to cover their heads as well. I certainly wear a, a kippah, a skull cap, or yamosa. That's my, I do that as well. And some women do, too. You know, we're fully egalitarian. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great service. And you're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. And tonight we're talking with Rabbi Kim Etlinger from Temple Beth Israel in St Kilda. And we're talking about Pride Shabbat. That's what we've been talking with Kim about in the last little segment. So um, it, so when is Pride Shabbat coming up, Kim? Uh, Pride Shabbat is on the 15th of January. So it's Friday a week. I've got the date right. <laughs> it's 6.15 in the evening. Yeah, I've got the date right. So it's next Friday night at 6.15 in the evening. And whereabouts is Temple Beth Israel, Kim? It's 76 Alma Road in St Kilda. Yep. So for those who are getting there, the, probably the nearest train station is Windsor and you walk down Chapel Street. Um, or you can catch the tram along St Kilda Road or the Chapel Street tram too. And is there a website where we could find more information or confirm these times if we do forget later in the week? Absolutely. Go to tbi.org.au and you'll find links for Pride Shabbat that should pop up. And if for whatever reason and somebody's not able to uh, join us for Pride Shabbat, the commute is not possible or anything like that, feel free to log on to our website. We will be webcasting. We webcast all wow. of our services, but feel free to to webcast in to log on it's done to TBI go to the same website tbi.org.au click on TBI TV and you'll be able to to stream services and to to join join in with us awesome as well and that's a wonder it's a wonderful way to be part of the community if you're not able to actually join us in person and maybe you can hang out with some friends and log in so that'd be really good for our international listeners can watch Pride Shabbat from all over the world via the streaming on tbi.org.au. And also for our faithful listeners, we have put up the um, information about Pride Shabbat on our Facebook page. So don't forget to like us on Facebook. Now, Kim, we just, uh, we've just been talking about Pride Shabbat. Can you just tell us, like, Temple Beth Israel, what sort of, how would you describe that from a Jewish perspective? Like, what sort of synagogue is it? We fall under what is called the progressive umbrella of Judaism, progressive Judaism. In America, it's known as Reform Judaism, and that's on the more liberal arm or the liberal spectrum. If you look at a a spectrum, you've got liberal Judaism, conservative or progressive Judaism, um, conservative Judaism, orthodox Judaism, if if you're looking at a spectrum, and we're on the the more, you know, left of center, if you will, and when it comes to, um, you know, how we align ourselves. So, so for we believe in egalitarianism, we believe in, you know, for women to have rights, we believe in the rights of the GLBTQI community. Um, we tend to be very strong on social justice issues. And, you know, you're talking to a woman rabbi, Mark. 
Exactly. Awesome. So, and, and, um, and not the first woman rabbi either. Definitely not. The first woman rabbi was Sally Presand, and she was ordained in 1973. Wow. Um, which was, was really, which was, which was fantastic. So really ahead of, um, a lot of other religious organizations, um, and, you know, Reform Judaism, especially, or progressive Judaism especially, has been at the um, the forefront of many social justice issues around the world, of the, the women's suffrage movement, of uh, black rights, and certainly of gay rights um, around around the world. It hasn't really been felt so strongly here in, in Australia, but certainly in the United States. It's, it's very, very strong. Uh, and and still is because our roots are a foundation of principles, if you, if you will, are found within the prophets Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, because they were very very strong on the principles of feeding the poor, clothing the hungered, hungry, not putting a stumbling block in front of um, the blind, making sure that you know righting the wrongs of society. And that's where that's the foundation, in a sense, of the social justice aspect of our movement. So it's a great long history that that Reform Judaism and which is Progressive Judaism in Australia has in in this area. And like I was, I'm aware that in 1977 there was a resolution by Reform Judaism affirming the rights of homosexuals. It was called back then. Yeah. Um, and then in yeah, not and yeah, absolutely, and not just the. Union for Reform Judaism, so it wasn't just the lay body, but it was also the Central Conference of American Rabbis, so it was also the the cleric body, the, the clergy as well, and you know, I'm still, while I'm here in Australia, I'm still a member of the Central Conference of American Rabbis in America, because it's the largest body, also an ethical group as well. Um, you know, myself and here, many of, actually all of my Australian colleagues are a member of that body as well. Because we believe that, you know, because there's also a strong ethical commitment to the work that we do, and it governs, and to some degree, governs the work that we do, we do here in Australia, um, on a global scale, not on a micro scale. Oh, that's excellent. And you went over to the conference last year in America. Yeah, last November I went to the Union for Reform Judaism Biennial. So it's every every other year. Uh, I've, I've been to a few of them, and they vote in different resolutions. And of course, the, the the most exciting resolution that we've we've done in a while um, was the resolution on the rights of transgender and gender non-conforming people. And if you can imagine it, the excitement! You know, it must have been five, six thousand people, closer to six thousand people in a room that was unanimous on this resolution of rights. Wow. It was fantastic, Mark. It was absolutely fantastic. And Rachel, it was fantastic. Like the energy in the room when the resolution was put forward and, you know, the, when they asked for the eyes, and it wasn't just, you know, they asked for yays and nays, and they started with the yays, and it was unanimous, and just the applause and the excitement um, that, that, just erupted was just amazing. It was phenomenal because it's a human right. We're talking about human rights, yeah, um, basic human rights. 
I just imagined that and got goosebumps. I've seen the, the footage online yeah, is, probably, is quite amazing of that that yeah. moment when when they call for the A's. Yeah, and I'm talking, you know, this is a religious organisation, a religious organisation voting on something that is so fundamental for its entire movement. Um, you know, I remember I was in rabbinic school. You know, I became a rabbi. I was ordained in 2005, and I remember when the first transgender rabbinic student was uh, accepted into the college in 2003. Yeah, so we, you know, we were saying, you know, 2000, in the early 2000s, we were saying then that you could become a rabbi if you were transgender. Yeah, that's you could definitely be, progressive. You <laughs> <laughs> because it's a human right. Yeah. And now we were saying, okay, you could become a rabbi. And now we're saying to our members, to our organizations, um, everybody deserves to be treated respectfully and as they wish to be called and named and included across the board, across every Jewish, every progressive Jewish institution. And that was affirmed in the, in the actual resolution. And that's a phenomenal about that. Now, it's a commitment, and I'm reading it right now, it's a commitment to the full equality, inclusion, acceptance of people of all gender identities and gender expressions. And the, second, the second part of that affirms the rights of transgender and gender non-conforming individuals to be referred to by their name, gender, and pronoun of preference in our congregations, camps, schools, and other reform affiliation, affiliated congregations. Organizations, and then of course it goes on because I'm not going to read it all because it's just way too long. This goes on, and it demands of us to be advocates. Demands of us to go to our government um, and to say, you know, we need to fight for rights. Wow! That we shouldn't be bystanders, and that's what's so amazing um, about this. It demands demands of us that in our organizations and that we should have, you know, get into the minutiae. We need to, I don't mean minutiae as an unimportant, but minutiae as in giving us examples of what we need to do, that we need to have gender-neutral restrooms, physical site needs, future dignity and safety for transgender and gender non-conforming individuals. It demands of us to make sure that our, uh, the use of language in prayer is inclusive. Um, and it, you know, it's just really, really wonderful. Um, and that when we create new prayers and new rituals, that it's inclusive and embracing and welcomed. And this is just phenomenal. Yeah, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting excited all over again as if I was in that room. <laughs> we're we're feeling the excitement here, Kim. Um, that it's such an incredible thing to hear about, and that a religious organisation has gone to that extent as well just blows my mind and makes me really proud to know that there's there's amazing religious organisations out there that are supporting uh, LGBTIQ rights. And you're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. And tonight we've been talking with uh, Rabbi Kim Etlinger from Temple Beth Israel in Melbourne, uh, which is the synagogue that's hosting Pride Shabbat on Friday the 15th of January at 
8pm. And just before the break, we were talking to Kim about um, the resolution of the Union for Reform Judaism on transgender and gender non-conforming persons. And Kim was mentioning a few points, and I thought I just might read out the couple of the first. There's nine points to this uh, resolution, which you can find online if you just uh, Google URJ. Uh, transgender, but I just thought I'd just read out the first two that Kim mentioned. The first one is um, the Union or for Reform Judaism affirms its commitment to the full equality, inclusion, and acceptance of all people of all gender identities and gender expressions. The second point is the Union affirms the right of transgender and gender non-conforming individuals to be referred to by their name, gender and pronoun of preference in our congregations, camps, schools, and other reform-affiliated organisations. So it's a massive change. It's not a change so much, but it's a massive statement by a religious organisation and a very large religious organisation about transgender people. And Kim, you were there during the resolution. You talk about how exciting it was to be in that room. It, was, it's, it had a really Absolutely. great... Absolutely. A really great atmosphere. In terms Absolutely. Of, in terms of locally, what what what's the impact on the local Jewish community likely to be? Um, you know, I think in many congregations the acceptance was already there, and I think that you know sometimes this is just putting in writing what's already being done. Um, certainly with number one and number two, um, I. I think certainly in the on the coastal part of the United States, I think this you know I don't think I think this was already happening and it was just making it more official. And uh, so I I think certainly more you know when you start heading into the more rural country parts of the United States, I think they would be you know the more cons- what we, you would call the conservative belt of the United States. I think they probably saw. Even within a religious organization, I think they are probably still struggling. Mm. Um, and I think that Melbourne is a, is a microcosm of that. I think we've got, certainly within Temple Beth Israel, you know, we're the leadership. You know, we are on board with uh, with the resolution. We're on board with what, what this is. But I certainly know that not every member of our congregation and our community would agree. Um, you know, this is it, you know. We understand that not everybody is taking this journey with us, and we have to try to balance and and weigh, you know, and try to understand that. You know, we are a compassionate, caring congregation as well. I mean, you may have a you may, you may have a family, you know, with cousins and relatives and all of that who, you know, with and there may be a uh, somebody who's transgender within that family, not everybody understands and is part of that journey, but you try to help them along to even bring them along to full understanding. It's not always easy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what we're going to try to, to try to do. So Kim, um, is one of you know, the... We're not, and we're very proud of what we're doing. We're not, a, we are excited to have Margot speak from our pulpit. Yeah. This is, you know, in, we're, we're loud and we're proud. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, and we're putting our money where our mouth is. And, you know, not that there's money in this, but we're putting our money <laughs> in it where our mouth is. Um, so, Kim, I just wanted to know, does this mean that um, 
transgender or uh, gender non-conforming people are able to be in positions of leadership within uh, the community now as well? Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think... Uh, I would have assumed that this... Um, we would, certainly for the last few years, and I think this would have precluded anybody from a leadership position. Awesome. I think this is... This, in many ways, for somebody like myself, it's rather stamping what we've already been doing. I think for some other members of the congregation, it's probably going to be quite shocking. Yeah. Um, but I think for many, many people, um, it's it's and people like myself. I think it's rather stamping. Uh, you know what, what's already been going on. It's whether it's but first of all, I think that in many in many situations, it's about letting people know we are welcoming, we are open. And so many people have felt excluded. Yeah. 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 And then once people know that we're opening and welcoming, letting them know that this truly is a place of safety and this home, and then, you know, how can them find a place here? And helping, you know, and then this is everybody. I don't know. This is not just about the GLBTQI community. This is everybody who wants to find a, a home in, in Judaism. And then it takes time to find a place within leadership position. Yeah. This is anybody who walks into this is anybody who walks into community. So it's helping people who Jewish people who might identify as gender non-conforming or transgender it, it gives them an opportunity to have a place where they can be a Jew and explore that side of their 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 selves and I suppose it also gives their families a place to understand what's happening for their family members within that Jewish context for people who are Jewish. Yeah. And certainly absolutely. absolutely. I think that the most heartbreaking stories that we hear are of people when they walk into our shul. And sometimes it's somebody uh, who's a member of the GLBTQ community and sometimes it's a relative, a parent often, who says, I haven't felt comfortable walking into a synagogue before because I or my family member has been ostracized because of being part of the GLBT community. And, and, and so for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, um, we've never stepped foot into a synagogue, and this is the first time we've felt comfortable because of what TBI is doing. Because, you know, if I had, if I'm hosting Kaichiba, we feel we can now walk into a synagogue. And that to me is just, and what, you know, that to me is just heartbreaking. I, I feel fantastic that somebody can now walk into synagogue, but why, why haven't we had our doors open sooner? I mean, our doors have been open sooner, but, you know, it's, it's sad that Kai Shabbat has to be the impetus. But on the other hand, I'm glad Kai Shabbat is the impetus that people know. Yes, you can come, you can step into our building, you can feel at home, you can feel there's a place for you. Yeah, it's definitely a great way to reach out to the rest of the community, regardless of uh, whether they have been uh, have had a Jewish experience before, like experience with um, Judaism or not, because they might just yeah. be part of the LGBTI community and be looking for something and to go, hey, that here's a place that accepts me. I'm going to go check it out, and it's awesome yeah. to know that there's somewhere that they can be comfortable and welcome. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to a time when we don't have to have resolutions like this, where it's just accepted that people are equal, that 
you know, that we don't have to have resolutions that need to state full equality, inclusion, acceptance, where it's just the norm. Yeah, definitely. But it's just normal. It really is, you know, that the next generation grows up with a sense that everybody's equal. And you're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9. And tonight we've had the pleasure of talking about Pride Shabbat with Rabbi Kim Etlinger. And remember, if you want to head to that, go to tbi.org.au or it's on next Friday at 6.15pm. So Friday the the 15th at 6.15pm. So thank you, Kim, for being here tonight. You're so welcome. It's been wonderful. No worries. And it's a big goodbye from Rachel. And from Mark. And from Claudine behind the desk. And we (laughs) have the woods coming up. And the song that we're going to end on is Shalom Alechem by Yossi Azai. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.